Hello and welcome to Rotobrits, a UK fantasy baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and my co-host, Ryan Owen. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I spent the day at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, Pete. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remind me of your age again, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm 30 now. Um, oh, you know, you're old. I felt old today. I did. i got to be honest, because... I don't know. The most enjoyable part was sort of like drinking coffee and eating donuts. In fact, no, I say eating donuts. My fiance had donuts and so did her friends and our friends. But I actually enjoyed the savory stuff more than the donuts. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. You know, even the donuts, I was a bit like, oh, there's too much sugar on that. You know what I mean? Hey, you, you, are, you are showing serious signs of age here, mate. And just to... Just to add a bit of context for you, mate, uh, Juan Soto, how, how old do you think he is? <laughs> I don't think he eats sugar on basically anything, looking at his physique. I think he's, what is he, like 22 or something? <laughs> like, I think he might be 21 still, you know. 21. Uh, we're splitting hairs now, aren't we? This is, this he is has crazy. succeeded more than me, like, uh, more than most of us, hasn't he? Like, in the, he's 21, like, what, what? It's unfathomable, really, because we talk about these guys like for fantasy and in baseball and stuff, and it's just like, how do you even achieve that by the time you're 21? Yeah, crazy. And uh, you're probably wondering why I bring Juan Soto up. Well, I'm bringing him up because this is the first part of our outfielder preview uh, part. So looking forward to it, mate. There's well, we've we've said we're going to do two parts. <laughs> we we may need five. I don't know. There's there's a lot of guys to get through. Um, depending on you know what type of league you play in, in terms of a how many teams, but also how many how many outfielder spots you you have, then you know you you may need to go very deep in in the list of, of eligible players. So we're going to start relatively near the top i think mate if uh, if i'm right in my thinking uh, we'll 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 dive into the you know the elite near elite crew there's a few of them for for some in-depth discussion and i think then as we get into part 2 we'll spend a bit more time looking at the i don't want to say the tail end because that's probably unfair but the guys who are maybe mid-range that we uh, coming back to the things that we focus in on that, that will deliver significant value at their at their ADP. So, you know, that's how it's going to go. Um, anything else we need to just from, well, from an outfield perspective, mate, what's what's your view other than there's there's loads of them? You know, outfields um, really is the last position that I come to rank um, when I'm other than relief pitching, um, which I tend to do last anyway, just because, you know, it's small. Um, but um the reason that I think outfield is so important, and I can't stress this enough, we, we spoke a little bit about relative um, position value um, and understanding when to take players at different positions in drafts and understanding when a second baseman is more valuable than an outfielder or a third baseman is more than a catcher. Um, outfield is sort of the, the absolute basis for which everything works around it's the barometer for value and the reason that i say that and this is an important concept for listeners to get their head around straight away cody bellinger he might be number four or five on most people's list this year um in outfield um he's also a first baseman and and as you go down the list there there are 
straight away, actually, you can see there that if Bellinger is your number one first baseman, that's absolutely fine. But you have Acuna, Yelich, and Trout ranked above him, and therefore there are three outfielders that are more valuable than any first baseman. So you're already starting to think about, and that's the sort of basic premise, you're starting to think about relative position value. And if you rank players overall... Go on. Go on, mate. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, if Joe Pissapier is listening to this to this podcast, he'll be absolutely loving it. He'll be doing cartwheels in his in his front room. <laughs> well, because... no, his, uh... <laughs> what he does is far more complex than anything I've said. You know, he, <laughs> he he does like real work. I'm just sort of simplifying it for um for, for our me. listeners. <laughs> for you, yeah. Now, Bell- <laughs> Bellinger is the um sort of simple one, um, as you go down the list, it gets more and more important. So you're crossing off names on your list at the different positions. And and personally, I always have position rankings in front of me. I, I don't just have overall rankings. In fact, I barely ever look at overall rankings because there's no need. As I go down and I have a look, I might have Chris Bryant, uh, you know, maybe number 30 or number 20 or whatever. Well, Chris Bryant's also a third baseman. Now, there's a natural human tendency for some reason to take, you know, if you take a first baseman and then you take an outfielder, it almost feels as though your next pick should not be a first baseman or an outfielder. Now, you could argue that it shouldn't be a first baseman, maybe, although you do still have to fill a corner infield spot and a utility spot. So if he was much better player than the others, I don't know why you wouldn't just take the first baseman in that scenario. Yeah. And the same thing applies, you know, if you've got Chris Bryant, he's a really good third baseman on your list, but actually you've got 10 outfielders ranked above him, you can see pretty quickly that relative position value is sort of telling you that you should just take another outfielder. Mm. Yeah. That, that's, that's my... Per- now, there are exceptions to that, and as your draft unfolds, you have to... You have to try and be sensible with it, and it depends what the drop-off is, and it depends who else is available or likely to be available to you um, when it comes back to you um, in the draft, if it's a snake draft. Um, it's about using your head and, and sort of staying alert more than anything. Because if you're not alert, then you will get picked off by people that are. Yeah, well, speaking about being alert and being picked off by others that, that maybe more are, um, at that point in time, we're both we're both drafting in uh, TGFBI at the mo- at the moment. Um, what from an outfield perspective, mate? Where are you up to? Who've who've you taken, and and, and at what kind of points? Um, well, actually, <laughs> speaking of this, I Fair have enough. filled all five outfield spots, um, mm-hmm. and we're in round sixteen. Um, okay. So my outfield. I have Bryce Harper in the second round of the 15-team league, for listeners that don't know. 15-team league, um, TGFBI, standard format. Uh, Harper in the second. I got Loriano, Soler, and Fran Reyes in the middle rounds. And just recently, I took Shinsu Chu, which was a little bit off, off-piste for me, really. But um, I do I do like Shin, I do like Shinsu Chu. I just hope that he's... Uh, off-season shoulder surgery doesn't impact him too much. <laughs> that never fills you with huge amounts of confidence when uh, when they've been coming off uh, off-season shoulder surgery. No, he's rely on power. Isn't he? 
Routine, was it? Routine. Oh, fair enough then. That's fine then. No, I mean, um, he, I say he's a bit of a machine chew. Like, he's he's 37 and he's another one of these that just seems to just glide on. Like, he, he would still have sugar on his donuts is sort of my point. <laughs> yeah. Him and Justin <laughs> Bohr, I think, are good pals then, probably. <laughs> that's a different animal. <laughs> that That is true. Um, all right. Well, it, that, you know, there you go, mate. Out of what, 16, 16 picks, you've already taken a third of them or just under a third as, as outfielders. So you're, you're, you're hammering outfield. It's a five, five outfield, uh, uh, league. So, and 15 teams. So you have to go deep. And so is that, is that a typical strategy you employ where in that type of league where you look, you know, it's, it's good. You're probably going to get to the deepest or you need the deepest pool. Are you looking to fill it a little bit earlier than maybe other positions? No, not at all. No, um, that's not a preconceived strategy. Um, there's no reason to fill it quicker, like pre-draft. It's just, as I was talking about, it depends what what value presents it to yourself at different points in a draft. And and oddly, as we know, there are some really great shortstops um, in baseball at the moment, but. I actually I wanted to start with the 12th pick in the 15-team league. My ideal start and my sort of sneaky plan was Jose Ramirez and Fernando Tatis. Um, but annoyingly, I picked 12th, and in the second round, Tatis went one pick before me. So I had to, I had to sort of change course, and I, I picked Bryce Harper because I thought he was the next best player. Um, so that meant I didn't get a shortstop. And, and what actually occurred, and again... It's just the way that it had gone. Um, I think already by the time we got to my pick in the third round, the best sort of eight shortstops in baseball had already gone. And so it just occurred that I didn't have one. And the longer it went on, I felt like the value was at outfield rather than shortstop. So that's just the way that it goes. you know. Yeah. And, that, and that's sort of the point. Like when I'm sat there in the middle rounds, I'm not going to reach for, you know, a shortstop that I don't really like when I see outfielders that are likely to outproduce them based on my projections, because then not only are you reaching for players, um, but you're also sort of letting better players fall to other people. Mm -hmm. So it's really something that you don't want to do. You know, you've got to take the value as it presents itself. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. So before we dive into a few names, as you know, I I like to throw up a, a 2019 quiz, so I'm wondering if you've cottoned onto this now and you've done a bit of prep, but maybe you haven't. You've, you've been at a theme park all day, so you probably haven't. So, um, and and as always, it's just to I guess shine a light on the size of the opportunity, let's say within within the outfield pool. So, of all outfielders in 2019, how many hit over 25 home runs? Oh, you're an annoying man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Uh, who knows? 41. It was 30. 3-0. See, I'm a very positive man. With That's all you this are. tells the viewers. Listeners. You are. They don't view you anything, are. do they? No, well, this is recorded. We are recording the, the videos as well, so maybe one time we'll, we'll <laughs> release think... that. <laughs> to show everyone what we're actually wearing and what we look like, which I think burning their ears is enough without sort of burning their eyes as well. Agreed. Isn't it? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, right, moving swiftly on. Um, how many? How many had over or eighty plus RBIs? Uh, 
Oh, oh. <laughs> RBIs. Um, I, you know, I don't even really... Pro- that's terrible. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't really project RBIs. Um, I can't be asked. Like, that is literally... I can't be asked. That's that's the truth. I, I just project home runs, steals, average, and OPS. Um, who knows, mate? Uh, 70. <laughs> 70? How 24. many? 24. You see, I, I just I'm terrible at this. Is that, in fact, it's embarrassing. People are not going to listen to this. No, no, no. But this is this this just this helps. This helps all of us. And um, when I feel stupid later, when I throw out some random gut feel, you'll have the analysis to back it up and tell me why I'm wrong. So, anyway, <laughs> is this why you do this game? Because it's like the not moment all, that you get the upper hand. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm on it's to well. you. I mean, we're we're six, seven episodes in, and I've started everyone with a quiz based yeah, on the position. Yeah, it starts so. to make me a little bit sort of uh, suspicious <laughs> of your motives. I have to be honest. <laughs> All right, listen, you you like steals, you like outfield steals, more than ten steals. How many players had more than ten steals in twenty nineteen? Probably, probably quite a few. Thirty. Uh, yeah, thirty-five. Thirty-five. Nice. Right, let's round it up, mate. Who's the player? Who's the outfielder that struck out the most? Um, I don't even remember who stayed healthy. Probably like Joey Gallo. If he, was he healthy or did he get hurt? Uh, he was hurt for a while. Uh, yeah, go on, just tell me, and then we can get to some analysis. Well, this it was kind of <laughs> leading into it. It was Save Acuna. Acuna oh, Junior, okay. Yeah, Acuna had 188 strikeouts and the most walks. You know so, who this so. Most walks? Oh, I, I said Soto. Oh, he was second okay. with 108. Big Mike Trout, of course, with 110. There you go. Still, and he was injured for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, and the reason I wanted to finish on those were, I guess, those three players form part of, I don't know, the top, Six or seven, perhaps, depending on how you rank them. So, you know, that was that was the reason for those stats. I wanted to shine a light on them. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on the big, the top guys, but just, just kind of really just to, I guess, touch upon it and get your take. Uh, and when I say the, the top five, I'm talking, I'm talking Trout, I'm talking Acuna, Yelich, Bellinger, and Betts. Oh, yeah. Theoretically, all five of them could go in that order, I guess, and, and have five outfielders taken in a row to start your draft. Uh, hmm. Perhaps. It's, you know, I think that's how it's ranked, I think, actually, in many places. So um, you've already put it out there, mate. You, you, your preference would be Acuna in a, particularly in a, uh, in a Roto standard league, particularly where you know, steals are, are valuable, let's say. Has anything swayed you in the past few weeks on that on that view, or are you still if you're at number one, you're pulling it on pull it on Acuna, right? No, I, I would take Acuna personally. That's yeah. my preference. Okay, is quick follow up though. I just want to chat about Yelich. I was in the three hole in uh, TGFBI on purpose because I wanted one of the three of the top three, and whoever was there, I'd take happily, and it was Yelich. But when you look at things. Overall, across all five categories, mm-hmm. it is Yelich actually the most complete player? 
when and, and the reason or the differences, I guess, is for Yelich, you add in the average, which is significantly higher than than Acuna's. I know it's hard to project average, as you've already mentioned, but mm-hmm. that you well, know, Yelich. I, speed. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that he's sort of significantly better than Trout as a sort of realistic player, like a, a baseball player. And certainly if you were in an OPS league, I would be taking Mike Trout over Yelich. And and I think I would still take I think I would still take Acuna, but that's closer and that, that does depend on steals. Like if 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 you thought that Acuna's steals were gonna drop off, then I'd I would revert to Trout. I don't really think there's a wrong answer um no. there. Um no, I, I, Yelich, fine. I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs. I really do think those top three guys are, are fantastic baseball players. And like you said, you pick third, um, and that means you get a higher pick in the second round than subsequent rounds. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's not a bad strategy at all. Okay, cool. Listen, let's not... We, we talked about Ballinger already in the first base uh, first base position part that was done a few weeks back. Uh, Mookie Betts, just to briefly touch upon him, he, he's... Obviously, he's had a change of ball club from last year to this year. Uh, do you think that will help hinder him or neutral? Uh, no, I, I think it's a slight hurt on him, um, probably on his power, just because the two stadiums are different. But slight, nothing too drastic. Um, but it's bound to have a slight impact on him. I, I, again, if you if you were ranking him five, that's fine. But personally, I think that Juan Soto is underrated, um, and I don't I don't really know why people think that Bellinger is definitely like the number four or five pick overall, and Soto like sometimes drops into the second round, like. I don't really get what the big difference between Soto and Bellinger is, other than the fact that actually I think Juan Soto's average is far more secure than Bellinger's because he's he makes better contact. Yeah. So really, I think there's more risk with Bellinger where he's going than there is with Soto where he's going. That would be one thing I'd say. And and Betts is fine as long you know. Again, if his steals drop off, then that would be the concern. But I don't see any reason that. He'll stop running. Yeah, he's uh, he's slowed down a little bit, I suppose. Or oh, there's been less stolen bases from from bets anyway. Last well, from 2018 to 19, I think. Without looking at the numbers, I feel like it was lower last year. Yeah, um, it, but... it was actually quite a bit lower last year. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not sure that you're going to get back to the 30 steal days. You know, no. And that's just natural, but. He is only 27, and it's not like he's loads and loads slower than he was a year ago. It just feels like the, the stolen base opportunities dried up for for him last season. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you'll get back to 30. I wouldn't pay for 30, but I, I'd pay for 20. Like that's a you know he stole 16 last year, and I don't think that he's going to go to 10 because he hasn't suddenly lost a load of speed, and he's going to be leading off for. One of well, one of if not the best teams in baseball. So I think he'll be uh, given the green light. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, and it's probably the most likely outcome. The bets is the the run category leader of all positions in all likelihood. I'd say. Um, yeah, I think last year he might have been anyway, and that was 
he may even have a better lineup this year behind him. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I'm I'm not convinced personally. I feel like Betts and Bellinger are a little bit over over projected at four and five. Like I I feel like there's a for me there's a tail off after the three. Like there is a step down for me to Betts and Bellinger, and I, I in the way things are going this year in particular with, with starting pitching. It wouldn't surprise me if more often than not, Garrett Cole is taken in advance of one, if not both of them. Um, mm. I don't know, but that's that's just my take. I I feel like there is a bit of a tear there from the three. What about you? Uh, I you don't like starting pitching early, though, anyway. <laughs> no, no, there's no, way I, there's no way I'd take Cole there. So, um, no. I, I would take him in the first round, but I wouldn't take him over. <laughs> Bellinger, Soto, Betts. No, I think that's getting a little uh, cute. I think one guy in TGFBI took Cole first overall, didn't he? Love it. And well, love you love it, but why didn't he just set his KDS to four? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and for can... listeners that don't know, KDS is the Kentucky Derby sort of style thing where you can ask to be sort of put in a certain place um, in the draft, and you rank your sort of preferences, and then it automates. And so he could have put like, I want to pick four, I want to pick three, I want to pick five, and then he would have picked somewhere around there. Um, I, I don't know why you would leave it to pick first and then take call. Yeah, <laughs> seems well. You never know. He may look. He may well. Do you think some of these, like, it's journalists and writers, and do you think they do it so that they can put a popular tweet out and say, oh, I, I took Cole first overall? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a bit cute, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit cute, mate, but, you know, have you seen my tweets about, about taking uh, Josh Hader in, in about the third round or whatever that was? So. <laughs> Right, let's um let's, let's get into some because we we do know who the top guys are and most people do. So th- there is a, definitely more interest in outfielders um a little bit lower in these rankings, isn't there? Exactly, mate. Let's let's pile into these. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put tier two. This is my tier two, mate. And let's yeah, well, throw some names out and see what you think. I've included Juan Soto in tier two. Yeah, uh, the rea- the reality is he may that may not be fair on him, but anyway. Who we've got? We've got Soto, J.D. Martinez, Charlie Blackman, uh, Judge, Springer, Bryce Harper, Stalin Marte. Um, that's, you know, there's a good cluster of names there that I guess between those, they're all going from, you know, around about the 20 mark or 15 for maybe for Soto. But let's say 20 to 50 in that range, you've got those guys going in mm-hmm. kind of various orders. So, you know, of those guys, mate, who who particularly catches your eye? Who who are you liking in, in 2020? Well, I think that Bryce Harper is likely to put up the same number of home runs and steals as Juan Soto, but just with a lower batting average. Um, okay. And... If anything, it feels like sort of 35, 36 home runs is a flaw for Bryce Harper because he doesn't make great contact. It's not his skill. But when he does, it's it's pretty scary stuff. And I, it, it, I don't think that it's unreasonable to think that... And he is quite streaky season to season. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Bryce Harper could legitimately get close to 50 home runs in any given season. Um, so... Yeah. 
<laughs> I I don't know. You know, he doesn't have an injury history. He's quite a healthy guy. He's still quite young. He could steal more than twelve um, if he if he gets running. So yeah, I, I like Harper a lot. Over um, over Soto. No, no, because Soto offers you a better batting average, um, and certainly in OPS leagues, there's a difference in class there. Um, just yeah, what? I mean, let's. Soto's not in this tier for me. Okay, so Soto's in tier one. You know, he's he's back end of that tier one. That's my opinion because when I sometimes it's just based on watching baseball. That that's a different class of baseball player. That's like he is he's elite. <laughs> his batting eye I look for players that have skills that other players don't have so you might do your projections and they might be quite similar but then when you actually start to think about two players and you're comparing them you start to think about what's the skill that's getting them to those projections so as I've just said with Harper it's, it's power and okay. you know mashing the ball when he does hit the ball but yep. with Soto it's pitch recognition and batting ball profile and sort of just class it's class that's what it is i can't describe it as anything else he, okay. he he's not normal so we'll leave him um, okay there are some names that you mentioned that just straight away there are red flags next to who who did which sort of disasters did you mention there <laughs> well that's the one that's topical only because i picked him in in TGFBI as well was Aaron Judge. So let's mm. let's let's talk about him, mate, because straight away in your head you go, is he a health concern? And obviously I, I made the pick a few days ago. Then a bit more news filtered out after the news that Stanton had done his calf, and Judge is saying that he's done his pack or he's done something. So talk about Judge, mate. We, you know, are we still just? I mean, he. He's got the physical attributes, right? You you know the guy can hit baseballs mm-hmm. absolutely miles. That is obvious. But health is a concern and a legitimate one. Is it a big enough concern for you to pass up on, on well, Judge? how many seasons has Aaron Judge had in which he's hit more than 30 home runs? There's a little quiz for you. One? One. How many did he hit that year? 50-something, 51, 52? 52, yeah, okay. Other than that, he has a 27 home run season, another 27 home run season, and a 24 home run season. In each of those seasons, he's missed maybe just under a third of the season. Um, I'm not sure. If he wasn't on the Yankees, I'm not sure that he'd be as popular a pick as he is. And I think that I think something goes on in people's heads and they think, okay, he's hitting clean up for the Yankees that means he's definitely a beast. And remember that season, he hit 50 home runs. Now, that's not me saying that he can't hit 50 home runs again. He can. His power is is outstanding. I'm not sure it's ever going to return to... Well, I don't think he's going to... Personally, I don't think he's going to hit 52 home runs again. That's... <laughs> I just... It doesn't work for me. There's some, you know, it's a 28-year-old guy, injured all the time. Mm doesn't really it's just not for me that's a very risky pick to me in the first few rounds of a draft yeah and and also why would you like even he doesn't offer any speed like not any like he the, that season he hit 52 he stole nine bags but he doesn't offer any speed Bryce Harper who we just spoke about has some speed and is 
you know, still quite young and can steal 12 plus bags as well as offer you sort of this 40 plus home run upside and stays healthy. Aaron Judge never stays healthy, hardly ever hits over 30 home runs and has no speed. Yeah. So why not just wait and take Fran Mil Reyes like five rounds later? <laughs> yeah, well, Fran Mill, good. Where, where's he playing now, Reyes? Where's he gone? Is he Padres or? Uh, no, he's in Cleveland. He got traded to Cleveland um, last season. Okay. I mean, there's when I was looking at the outfield crew and cluster and, and you sorted by home runs from last year, you've got some familiar names that we've already mentioned. And then you've got like a couple of outliers that pop up. Fran Mill Reyes is in that list. Well, I guess, at the, I guess at the top of the list, let's, let's start there. I mean, it's probably unfair not mm-hmm. to start there, but... Um, Soler was was top of the list with 48 home runs absolutely astronomical Um, I think, did you say as well you took him in in your draft, so you like him Uh, yeah, I took Soler um, same age as um, Aaron Judge has one season in which he absolutely mashed, just like Aaron Judge Mm. (laughs) Um, got ridiculous power um, is a little bit of a health concern. Um, Just like Aaron Judge? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. That That's fair. Um, I feel like that's sort of baked in when you're taking him three or four rounds later, though, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, Well, that's, that's what you're making, right? It's Yeah. Judge, with Judge's position and ADP, it doesn't have... It, it's over-baked that he hit 50 home runs once, and it's under-baked that he is injured and missed a third of a season three years in a row, whatever it might be. And so the net result of his, his ADP is too high in all likelihood, right? I, I think so. I mean, he's outside my he's outside my top 20 outfielders. How do you like that? Mm. Wow. And what, what happens is I, I do my rankings without looking at... I don't look at any other rankings. I have no interest. I go into my office... Uh, like it is it's like a bunker in here no one comes in no one leaves for like a month like i just sit in here there's a kettle there's like a bucket of water that i wash myself in <laughs> wow, wow um, and so i do it and actually this is basically mirroring what what gray albright of rasball says because it's exactly what he does and i promise i'm not copying him when he said it i was listening to a rasball podcast last week and he said it um and i thought Oh my God, that's my life. That's exactly what I do. And and the beauty of it is when you finished and you rank them and you don't worry about the name, really, you don't, you don't think, oh, it's Aaron Judge. Or, He's great. Like you're not thinking that you just judge it on stats and then you rank them and then you go and look at the rankings afterwards and you go, Jesus Christ, what are these people taking him there for? <laughs> yeah, that is fair. And that's that the way is- to do it. You know, that's what I think. It is. So talk to me, just someone else has stuck out. So you've mentioned, like, Soler was top of the list, home run list anyway. Reyes, Framel Reyes was eighth. Above yeah. him at seventh was Kyle Schwarber, which that was, and actually, he, when you look at Schwarber and Reyes, their seasons last year, they're, they're very, very similar. You know, contact issues, let's say, averaging around 250, big power, um, not many stolen bags, if any. 
like they profile very similar. They probably they're going what 120 to 140, um, you know, in 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 drafts. So a lot later than 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 Aaron Judge for sure. What what's your thoughts on Schwarber? Do you like him as well, or as much as Reyes, or less? He's a, he's an interesting one. He's had a bit of a a splits problem in his past. He improved versus lefties um, last season. I, I I like the comparison that you're making, that there is something about Schwarber that I don't quite like mm. as much. Um, I don't... I think that it's because Soler and Reyes, I believe, have the ability to hit for a slightly higher average. And because Schwarber struggles so much against lefties... And even though he improved, he still isn't great against them. It hurts his his batting average. And so, his, you know, with a bit of luck, he might be able to hit more than 240. But I don't really see him hitting much more than 240. It, um, that's my take on Schwarber. But you know what? If he does keep up some improvements against lefties, um, yeah, there's a... There's definitely a chance that Schwarber could basically be, yeah, just another Soler and Reyes, and at an even cheaper price. So, point taken. Mm. Uh, here's my shout for most underrated outfielder, uh, and I have no idea how you've got them ranked. So, <laughs> making this claim blind, but that's standard for me. But I'm gonna just make the claim: mm-hmm. Trey Mancini must be most underrated outfielder. He. He he does everything. I mean, he doesn't steal any bags, but other than that, he does everything well. Um, what's your thoughts on on Mr. Mancini? I, Mancini, that's one that I ranked, and then actually, for some reason, it just felt like he was overvalued based on ADP. Um, like you say, doesn't steal any bags. Um, does make decent. Not great contact, so I think his average was inflated last season. He hit like two ninety. I I couldn't predict I couldn't predict him to hit two ninety again. I think that'll regress. Has some power, but not great power. So again, not sure I can predict thirty plus home runs. And so then I'm basically saying that I think we're looking at like a two seventy hitter who will probably hit like twenty eight home runs with no steals. And to me. That's fine, but it's basically Willie Calhoun. Oh, Lord. And if that's Willie Calhoun, just take Willie Calhoun later. (laughs) (laughs) Solid advice. (laughs) This is it. You've got to have a look at these guys and then rank them for yourselves. I mean, literally, honestly, this, this is good advice. If all you did was go on Steamer when the projections come out, and you took their projections and you put them all into a spreadsheet, batting average, home runs, steals, RBIs, runs. If you then just went through and had a look at it and ranked players based on those projections, your rankings would be different to the rankings of ESPN, Fantrax, whoever else. You know, those guys are going to spit out rankings Actually, the people that work for those companies don't even agree with those rankings half the time. They just, when you see them in an expert draft, they're doing something completely different. Because for some reason, I I don't know, for some reason, these rankings, a lot of them, even people that do know what they're doing, the rankings just don't make sense to me. And like, like sometimes it's just like, 
I don't get why you would have like Mancini as like a top twenty-five outfielder when you know he just he just isn't. No, he's just he, he looks like Willie Calhoun. He smells like Willie Calhoun. So take Willie Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that, mate. So let. Let's um, keep it moving on here. There's there's so many guys I want to get your take on, and it's it's awesome hearing hearing your opinion on these guys. Um, I, I've gone from maybe someone who I felt was underrated. Um, yeah. Just talk to me about JD Martinez in terms yeah. of where he's at right now. Um, I'm for me, he's a head scratcher. So I'd be interested to get your take on him. Um, well, before the news came that he's had a bit of an injury uh, issue this week um, in spring training, that that dampened things a bit for me because <laughs> I don't know whether everyone knows, but injuries in the Mets, that's not a combination that, that you want. Like, the Mets don't really know. They'll tell you that the guy's good to go and he'll be, like, in hospital for two months, like, the day later. Like, it's not a good idea. Um, but... Whoa, whoa, I, whoa. Hold on a minute. Yes. Hold on a minute. You, oh, we, sorry. I was talking about J.D. Davis. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Hold on. We'll come to him later. Let's let's get into J.D. Martinez. Oh, everyone <laughs> thought that J.D. Martinez was injured. <laughs> well, no, I, I thought the, Met, the Mets had traded for him. That was the thing I was thinking. He's injured. He's on the Mets. <laughs> yeah, he's fucked. You, Tom he's fucked. going to love this episode. <laughs> Mate, let's bring it back. Let's. Wow, okay. JD Martinez. Okay, well, you'll be glad to know that he isn't injured yet. I mean, he probably will be soon, to be quite honest. Um, and he's not with the Mets. And he'll be glad to know that he's not with the Mets. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. The Mets are better than the Red Sox. But anyway, let's, let's move on. JD Martinez. What are you asking me about this guy? Oh, mate, I've no idea now. <laughs> <laughs> Who does he play for? Um, no. I like Martinez. Martinez is, you know, he's as steady as the come. He had a bit of a an injury tag on him going back a few years ago, but he's just posted two full seasons. Um, you know, he, he can DH for them as well, which is nice. Um, he's hit over 36 home runs in the last three seasons. Two of those seasons, he's hit over 43. Um the power's legit with this guy. He he hits the ball hard. He, he, he is a class act, really. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, there's no speed. Um, if you're asking me whether I prefer him to Aaron Judge, absolutely, for all the reasons that I've just sort of outlined. Um, and if you're in an OP, OPS league, um, then, yeah, his value goes up again because he's, he's just a bit of a beast, really, at playing baseball. He's good. I like a bit of a back thing going on last year. Even though he didn't miss a lot of games, he had a bit of a back issue going on. Um, but I don't expect serious regression. Uh, good average, really good baseball player. Yeah, I I feel like he's a little bit undervalued um, for for whatever reason. I, I feel like he if he goes if you pick him at I don't know eighteen twenty twenty two, I feel like you'll get value out of him. To be honest, like I, I don't know. Uh, there's no speed. That's the only, the only knock on him. But I actually feel like he, you know, his home runs weren't as high last year, and I feel like it could be a, a bit of a bounce back in there. So yeah, we'll see. But 
I've got no problem with him. I would say that the only thing is I'm probably not really going to end up with him anywhere just because no. there, are, there are these guys that that I like, but I just like other people more where they're going, mm. you know? Yeah. So it just feels like I don't have a problem with people taking him, but I don't think I'm really going to have much of him. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I, I feel like I've got a similar thought, actually. Hey, someone, someone as well who skyrocketed i think in uh in, in in drafts again sorry for everyone we'll keep going back to tgfbi but it's you know it's something we're both living and breathing right now and is a good barometer i think of you know how players are being valued and drafted so it's it's a good reference point and and someone who skyrocketed and it was obvious skyrocketed in the first you know few rounds was stalin Marte, who yeah, yeah. was maybe projected at i don't know 40 45, that kind of range. But Stalin Marte was going more like 20, 25. He absolutely skyrocketed up in drafts. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Um, he's... he's uh, I don't know, man. Like, some really smart people have taken him very high. And I I do have him ranked highly. Like, well, well above Aaron Judge, for example, who we, I know we've sort of picked on a bit, but like that's just because there is a power-speed combo and he makes good contact, Stalin Marte, so he does usually hit for a decent average as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that, you know, he's 31. He's feels like the speed... The speed's not really declining massively, so I think the stolen bases can sort of stick around 20-plus, but I'm not so sure that the power's as sort of legitimate as the speed really um now that's because he doesn't hit a lot of fly balls he hits 50 percent ground balls and his sort of expected power numbers are quite low on top of that last season his home run to fly ball was well above his career rate so he was at like i i sorry i tell a lie that that's a lie ignore that one um he, he did fine, but um, his power is still questionable because of the amount of ground balls that he um, he hits. Now, he's 31. While I don't think that his speed is likely to drop off a hill, it only takes one injury or, or one concern, and at that age, um, he, his speed could go as well. And if one or the other goes, you're not looking at a 2020 guy anymore. You're looking at a 1020 or a 2010, you know what I mean? Or even worse, a 10-10, um, if they both go. So I, I do have some concerns, and I'm not sure that I'd be taking him in the first round, as I saw some people doing, but he's certainly someone to monitor in the in the high rounds. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one. I, I, I like you had my I had my reservations in and around the 40 range, if I'm if I'm completely honest with about Stalin Marte. And I, I think I was <laughs> a little bit hesitant as well on on Kettle Marte, a a similar range. So it was surprising to see Starling really skyrocketing above. And I guess when when you look at his production, in reality, it it was very, very similar to Trey Turner. And I I know I've been been kind of, I don't know, bashing Trey Turner, that's the right way of saying it. I've just had a, I have a feeling that he's just a bit overvalued and everyone a bit like, Maybe with judging the home runs, Trey Turner, it's a bit like, oh, well, he could have 50, 55, 60 steals, but in reality, he'll never do it. But he's being drafted like it still is a possibility. I don't know. But with 
with with Marte, um, I, I I'm not convinced at that, that price, mate. You know, like around the twenty mark, you know, mid second round or end of the first for me that. That's a real steep price to pay, and I, I'd be looking elsewhere personally. Sounds like you're probably in agreement with that. I'd be, I would be looking elsewhere in the top sort of. I wouldn't take him first round, but it, no. if, if if the price was right, I would take him in the sort of top three rounds. Um, I, I do like the player. You know, he, he, they're a very rare breed. These players that do have power and stolen base ability, and he can hit for average. So I see the attraction. I just personally don't. I don't wholly buy the power, and I'm not entirely sure that the speed is a definite to stick where it's at forever. So at some point, he's not going to be the guy that he has been. Would be my concern. Yeah. yeah okay. Listen, it, it wouldn't be it, it. Well, it would be wrong of me for us not to talk about this man, and it now is the time for no particular reason, but it just we need to talk about him. Giancarlo Stanton, are you drafting him at all this year? No, <laughs> no. I mean that that I would have given that answer before he got his latest injury. Um, no, <laughs> he's a disaster. Um. Stanton um, so there's another guy um, he had a really great season 59 home runs and followed that up with 38 he's had some great seasons hasn't he And it, it is, he's got so much power but the injuries are so regular now like the oh, biceps injuries shoulder problems, he's got calf problems, He's got, it's just like physical concern after concern and he had a quad problem as well. Like any body part you could name, he had an injury to it at some point. Um, what are you buying? Yeah. Really? Like, where's he going? I bet he's still going like in the top four rounds, isn't he? I just, well, nah, come on. I, I, I'm a risk taker, but I'm not like, I'm not like a glutton for punishment. I'm not going to like purposefully go out of my way to be disappointed in life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I, as you mentioned at the at the top of the show, uh, with drafts, they you know, every draft room's different. The way it plays out is very, very different. But Stanton in the league I'm in, uh, so it was the the last pick in the fourth round. He went, bearing in mind he went, that pick was made, and then his injury happened, or the announcement of his his calf issue was like the day after. So, you know, in your head, in my head as well, I was thinking, right, Stanton, is he healthy? If he's healthy. Bottom end of the fourth round will be good value, but I guess yeah. the reality was, you know, he, he he can't stay healthy, or it's very very hard for him to stay healthy since he's been a Yankee. Uh, yeah, we had a he, he had a good few years at the back end of his Marlins days where where he, he he played you know pretty much every day, and the health issues disappeared a little bit. Obviously, he capped off with his fifty nine home run season, which was awesome to watch from from my perspective. But yeah, since he's become a Yankees kind of struggled really particularly the back end of that that first season onwards so it's just yeah, not the so risk not. i'm gonna take you know no, and I, I always now. if i'm thinking should i take this risk and i can let someone else you know um yeah, yeah. the guy who picked first in my tgfbi league has inside his first five picks has chris sale and giancarlo stanton now mm. obviously he didn't know that they were both sort of not ready for the season at the time he took them but you know 
is he shocked when they turn around and say that Chris Sale's got pneumonia and he's still got lingering issues from the things that kept him out last season? And and is he is he genuinely shocked when they turn around and say that Giancarlo Stanton's not healthy and won't start the season playing for the team? Like, no, come on. And you've got to think about these things before you make the picks. Yeah. True. Right. Two guys, two final guys I want to just touch upon that, I think are in this well. They they're definitely in this tier. Uh, so let's let's just dive into them, and then we'll kind of wrap it up for for episode one, and then we'll we'll deeper dive in in the next time. Um, so the the two final guys, mate, uh, George Springer. I I really like Springer, and I really like him over some of the other guys we've already talked about that are going ahead of him. What's your take on Springer, though? Um. He's a strange one because he, he he's a pretty healthy guy, um, but he's he's pretty streaky. He, he's as streaky as like Harper season to season. Um, you know, one season he just seems to have down seasons every now and again. I don't I don't know why. Like, he, um, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe yeah. some of those seasons he knows what pitches Stop are coming. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Um, no, that that's a conspiracy theory. No, well, it's not. It's proven, but. Um, <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory as to whether or not that's why one year he it's like 260 and then the next year it's 300 or whatever. Um, not convinced that he's a great contact guy. Um, and I don't know. This is going to be an interesting season for him. Um, I'm... I'm unsure. You can sense probably from my answer. I am, I'm unsure on Springer. Hits quite a lot of ground balls. Does have a lot. Does have a lot of power. Um, takes his walks. Uh, there's just something about him that says to me, I'm not quite sure that it's 40 home run power. So there's no way I'm gonna like project him for 40. It'd be closer to 30 if anything, and not really much speed. And getting older, and I don't know. I'm a little concerned that he's more like a 260. 30 home run maybe 32 home run guy as opposed to you know 40 home runs and 280 yeah well you know to put it into context he hit 39 home runs last season and he missed i don't know a fifth of the season Mm -hmm. something like that um you know he he had a good year last year no doubt about it Hit, hit for good average you know played played well out out produced he did um, Many of the guys we've spoken about. His home run to fly ball was thirty percent last year, though. So, I'd, to to put that in, that's not his career rate. That's a lot. That means that he's hit of the he hit thirty six percent fly balls. Of the ones that he hit, thirty percent are like going out for homers. Like, um, yeah, that's high. Sure. And that so so if that's if that's going to regress to like twenty. Even 25, that's going to knock quite a few homers off, and it could regress further to like 2022. So we'll see. Um, I'm a little uncertain about him, but I think you can get reasonable value on Springer. So I'm not sure anyone's going to make like a a huge blunder if they take Springer uh, a reasonable round value. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, well, last guy in this cluster, and then we'll we'll pause, and then we'll. We'll be back for, for a deeper dive next time around. Conscious we don't want to make this a two-hour pod. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, 
the, the final guy, Victor Robles. That's where I'm going to finish. And I, I'm, I'm intrigued about Robles. But I'm, I'm interested to see what happens next year as well. I'm, I'm on the fence as to whether, uh, as to how it's going to go. Gut feel is he's going to kind of kick on. But what about you, mate? How are you feeling about Robles? He's a, he is probably the most polarizing player. If you mention him to people on Twitter who are like playing fantasy, they'll some people absolutely adore him, and some people have some serious concerns with his his um, K rate and his pitch recognition, and think that he could probably hit like two thirty, two forty, um, which which is realistic. It really could. Um, he needs to make some gains um, on his approach in the batting box and. He's exciting. He's got serious speed. Um, if he leads off, if he leads off, which I'm not sure that he should, um, really. But if the Nationals want to go that route, um, then his steals could, you know, go over 40. Really, if if he's running all the time, um, mm-hmm. the the power's not quite as elite as that. But he he does have pretty good expected power. So when he makes contact, it's you know, I don't think this is going to be a 30 home run hitter anytime soon without serious leaps, but, you know, can still hit 16 to 20 home runs, maybe 20 home runs. That's the upper side. I like him, uh, but his value, because his approach at the plate is so bad and so different to so, like the opposite of Soto, really, just um, hacking at things that he shouldn't be, um, that does change his value in leagues that count on base percentage. So just be wary of that. But in standard formats, he's going to give you home runs. He's going to give you steals. And if you're a risk taker, then he's not a terrible risk because if he if he hits 250, let's just split the difference. If you think that he's going to hit, let's just say you think he's going to hit 260 and someone comes along and says, oh, well, be careful about Victor Robles. He's a, he's a terrible hitter. You're all right. You think he's going to hit 230. That's fine. So let's just say he hits 240, 245. Even if he hits 240, is that really a disaster if he hits 14 home runs and steals 35 bases? Probably not. You're probably still going to, at the end of the season, say, thanks very much, Victor. Appreciate mm. everything that you did for me. <laughs> I don't know. You, I mean, he becomes Jared Dyson probably then. I don't know. <laughs> no, well, no. If Jared, if, Jared, <laughs> if Jared Dyson hits one home run, he'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right. Let's. A final question. It's straight up Victor Robles or Tommy Pham? Who are you taking? Uh, Robles. Yeah. By a margin? Significant margin? Uh, quite, quite significant, really. Yeah. And the steals? Is it mainly the steals that's doing it? Yeah, and just where they are in their careers. And maybe it's just some good old uh, Pete Pratt hunch that I've got. You know what I mean? It's just the it's just the gut, mate. It's just just telling me, you know? There you go, mate. There's nothing, nothing at all wrong with that approach, mate. <laughs> if in doubt, go with the gut. Exactly. That's the way to do it, mate. I'm learning. I'm learning from you. There you go, mate. Sometimes the stats do lie. They do. <laughs> Okay, end this podcast now. <laughs> There's no better place uh, th- than that statement to end this pod. Um, so we will. That's uh, that's going to be that's that's part one in the books. 
We're going to be back with part two with a deeper dive uh, very, very soon. Hope you're enjoying it. Um, for the listeners, keep the questions coming. Um, I, I'm, they've tailed off slightly recently, which says to me either A, no one's listening anymore, which is, <laughs> which is possible, or B, everyone is listening to other podcasts or C, they're too busy. I don't know, but keep the questions coming. We want to answer them. Ryan wants to answer them. I want to give you my gut feels. So, uh, so do that. Um, but Ryan, good to talk, mate. And um, we will we'll be back very, very soon, finishing this, this off. And then we've got the relievers uh, to round off our position previews. And uh, of course, as we've already highlighted, we've got our, our first guest on for, for that one as well with Bob Bamba. So very excited for that one. That one could really could go in multiple directions very, very quickly, knowing Bob. So looking forward to that. Um, good, right? Thanks, mate. And we will speak very, very soon. Thanks, guys. Bye, mate.